And hopefully you remember what we kind of spoke about last week with prayer, burning of incense in the tabernacle and in the temple, and the prayer that Samuel spoke to the Lord, Lord speak for your servant is listening. I think that um, the way it appears that some of you have prayed that prayer this week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to just continue on this idea of prayer a little bit, but mainly just on what do we pray for? What is the most important thing? And I don't know if we can settle on one thing, but I want to go to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. I'm going to read verse 9 and 10. You know, if we're talking about prayer, it's probably good to listen to the one who did the most praying and had the most effective prayer which I'm sure you know is Jesus. But just like the rest of his disciples, we're probably saying, Lord, how do I pray? You know, what do I need to do? How, how should I approach God? And in verse 9, Jesus says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, this is a prayer of adoration in a sense. This really is not coming to God to ask him anything or to petition him for anything or for anyone. It's just recognizing God for who he is. And this is always a good way to come before the Lord, recognizing who he is and uh, his omnipotence, uh, his greatness, <laughs> his praiseworthiness, all these things. But I want you to notice the first thing that Jesus really, in a sense, told his disciples to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. I want to talk a little bit this morning about the kingdom. I don't know if you've ever thought much about the kingdom of God. Or if you've been confused about in the Bible where it talks about kingdoms. Because you'll notice sometimes it talks about the kingdom of God. Sometimes it talks about the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes it talks about the kingdom of earth. The fact of the matter is that at one time, the kingdom of God was the kingdom of God. Now, in, in all reality, I guess you could still say that's true in a sense. But in all reality, it has split. I want you to think about Adam and Eve in the garden. They were living in the kingdom of God. They had not known sin yet. They walked with God. They experienced the presence of God. Everything was beautiful in its own way. <laughs> That's for old timers. But then they sinned, and what happened to them? 
they were kicked out of the garden, right? And there was a cherubim set to guard the entrance into the garden. So no longer was the kingdom of God just the kingdom of God. It was now the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. It had been separated by sin. No longer, in a sense, I mean, he did for a while, but it came to the point where God no longer could come face to face and converse with us. Once the law was given, we knew what sin was, and if God was, if we were to look upon God knowing what sin was, we would have died. So we now have a split in the kingdom of God. Jesus wants us to pray, thy kingdom come. What's he saying? I want the kingdom of God that's in heaven to become the kingdom of God on earth. If you look at the earth, the worlds, the nations today, God is not fully in control of what's going on. He's still in control. Don't get me wrong. Things are going to turn out the way he wants them to. But it was Jesus that brought that partition to an end. I want you to think about on the cross. It talks about how there was a great earthquake and many came out of their graves. The veil of the temple was rent. There was a veil that separated in the Garden of Eden, there was a cherubim set to guard the way. If you know anything about the tabernacle of Moses, there was a veil between the most holy place and the holiest of all. And upon it were embroidered cherubim. If you know anything about the temple of God that David uh, was instructed to build, there was a veil. And before the veil, there were two cherubim of gold whose wings stretched from side to side in the temple of God. Again, God showing that the way was not yet to be passed through, that there was cherubim there. And on the veil in the tabernacle, cherubim embroidered in the garden, cherubim to guard the way. They were guardians. The cherubim were guardians showing forth. But I want you to realize that the true picture of the heavenlies was one. In the beginning, there was no veil to separate between God and man. Sin brought that veil. Sin is what separates us from God. I want you to think about Jesus' parables. Most of his parables, he began, the kingdom of heaven is like. So why did he do that? Because he wants us to know what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like. Remember in the prayer, he says, you know, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Be done in earth as it is in heaven. I was thinking about the the scripture that says, you are in the world, but not of the world. God's desire is to do his kingdom through you. To show his kingdom upon earth through you and me. I want you just to think about this a little bit. 
the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of earth. Think about how you were created, or man was created. The breath of God, flesh, come together. There was a separation. There was a being, your soul, which in a sense is half spirit, half body. It's drawn to the flesh and it's drawn to the spirit. There's a, a battle, flesh against the spirit, right? See, God's desire is that that soul would become completely turned over to him. And then by so doing that, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. He lives within us. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. As soon as Christ comes into your life, you're no longer in the same kingdom that you were in to begin with. You were a part of the kingdom of earth. Now you are a part of the kingdom of heaven. And as those two, the kingdom of heaven and earth, begin to be breached or brought back together, the kingdom of God is reestablished. And one day that will happen. God will come and bring the two together. The kingdom of earth, those that are faithful upon the earth, to, who have followed him, who have given their lives to him, and the kingdom of heaven, they will be brought back together. No longer will there be a separation from God. No longer will we have to wonder what God wants. We'll be able to ask him face to face. In Christ, the two kingdoms were united into one. He is our peace who has broken down every wall. He has brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. Hallelujah. I want you to think about what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Above all else, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to read Colossians 3, chapter 1. Most of you are probably familiar with this, but I just want to read it for those who might not be familiar with it and just kind of refresh those that do know it. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above in the kingdom of heaven, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to go to Matthew 11. In King James... It says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he is least in the kingdom of heaven, is, or he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I want to read this in another version this morning for you. Let me tell you what's going on here. No one in history surpasses John the baptizer, but in the kingdom he prepared you for, the lowliest person is ahead of him. For a long time now, I want you to notice this. This is uh, kind of a beautiful scripture. For a long time now, people have tried to force themselves 
into God's kingdom. You know what we call that? Works. I'm hoping this kind of simplifies things for you. If you're trying to get into the kingdom of God without going through Jesus, you're working. (laughs) And you'll never make it. You'll never make it by works. But I thought that was so interesting, you know, that it, it talked about how people are trying to force their way into the kingdom of God. And we see that in the world today. People are saying, well, you know, I can do it through Buddha. I can do it through Islam. I can do it this way. I can do it that way. They're trying to force their way into the kingdom of God on their own works. And it will not work. It will not work. Hallelujah. I want to just stay there for a minute, but I'm going to go to John chapter 10 here. I just want to read one verse. And this begins to really kind of open, well, it opened my eyes. I hope it opens your eyes. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up another way, the same is a thief and a robber. You know what that tells me? If I'm trying to get into the kingdom of God any other way than through Jesus Christ, I'm stealing. I'm a robber. I'm a thief. You may not have thought of yourself as a thief before, but if you're trying to get into God's kingdom any other way than following Jesus, you're missing it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life into God's kingdom. He's the door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So often we just try so hard to be what God desires for us to be when all we have to do is just relax. Just relax. I want to read out of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to notice this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's he saying? I'll take that yoke off of you that you're carrying. I will remove it. And then I will give you a new yoke to put on. But my yoke is light and easy. And you'll find out who I am by taking my yoke upon you and following me. Hallelujah. I want to read that again from this other translation. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I want you to listen to this. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. 
I want you to think about something. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Works are a, are a forceful entry into the kingdom of God, or that's what they try to be. He's saying here, quit struggling so hard. Learn how to live without forcing your ideas into God's kingdom. Listen to what he has to say to you. Follow what he has for you to do. Relax. You don't think God has the ability to speak to you and let you know what you should be doing? The trouble with that is, is we don't listen. Then we go back to last week. Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. We have to listen. But I just wanted to encourage you this morning, don't try to enter the kingdom of God through works. It makes you a robber. It makes you a thief, and it's a forceful entry. It's not a gracious entry. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. You cannot get into the kingdom of God through your own intentions, your own desires, your own ways. It's only through Jesus Christ. So I want to just challenge you this morning to begin to think about how am I trying to access the kingdom of God, or am I trying to access the kingdom of God? If Jesus put that the very first thing in the prayer he taught his disciples, I think it's important that we seek the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. In earth. Hallelujah. Not on earth, in earth. Do you know what you're made of? Earth. If you don't believe me, look at somebody that's died after a few years. The Bible says that dust you are, to dust you shall return. We're made of earth. God's desire is to do his kingdom in us. Thy will be done in us, in earth, as it is in heaven. So I want to encourage you. I, I mentioned this at the very beginning of the year, and, and uh, I'll be honest, I didn't understand it fully then. Slow down. We're too worried about what we're doing for God's kingdom. And God says, relax. I'll show you what I want you to do. You don't have to go willy-nilly all over the world trying to look for what I want you to do. Sit down and listen. And I will tell you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your love and your grace that you've shined upon us and you've shown us, Lord. May your kingdom be what we seek. May it be the first and really, Lord, the only thing that we seek. May we not look for anything else, Lord. May our eyes be set on that which is above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Lord, I thank you that you're so faithful to lead us if we will just listen. Just listen. Hallelujah. And Lord, the, the beautiful thing about the way you speak is it's a whisper. 
So unless we, we get ourselves away and get in that secret prayer closet where there's nothing disturbing us, we will not hear your voice. It speaks so quietly, so graciously to us. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you do not condemn us. You draw us, Lord. You beg us, in a sense. You plead with us to come with you into your presence, into the presence of God. For no man knows the Son save the Father, and no man knows the Father save the Son, and he to whomever the Son will reveal him. So, Father, we just place that scripture within our hearts now. There's no way that we're going to get to know you, Father, unless we allow Jesus to teach us of who you are. And by knowing you, Lord, we know what your kingdom is all about. Holiness, truth, righteousness, all the things that are good, Lord, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all those things are what your kingdom is about. May we be the ambassadors of that kingdom here on earth. May we display here on the earth, in the earth, our bodies, the kingdom of heaven and what it's like. Hallelujah. We love you this morning, Lord. We praise you. Just ask, Lord, that you would dismiss us. Go with us, Lord. Guide us and direct us by your spirit. And may we be faithful to listen. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>